Welcome to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. I'm your host, Blake Collier, and with me is everyone's favorite ex-Michigander, Joe George. How you doing, Joe? It's pronounced Michigander, so you gotta put the the accent on the right syllable Goodness. there. Michigander. Goodness, man. Talk about talk about getting taken on task. What's 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 what do you call people that live in Oklahoma? Oklahoman. Really? That's yeah, it? That's that's it. Texan, Oklahoman. Texan, Oklahoman. Oh boy, you guys are boring. Mexican. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Coloradoan. Well, I was about to say, what is Colorado? The Colorado's <laughs> got to be something cool. No, those it's not. freaks. It's not. <laughs> no. Wow. Oh. Can I, I actually? And I, I still, I think it's Kansan. I don't think there's. Yeah, I think it yeah. is Kansan. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's not that, not that interesting. I feel bad for you. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, up here we got, we are, you know, over, over uh, up north we got Michiganders, we got Hoosiers, we got Buckeyes. Oh yeah. We got all that stuff. <laughs> wow <laughs> fine move nothing, on if you're just gonna be jealous about the nothing cool like being you brought it up well <laughs> <laughs> we're off to a cracking start yeah, here no, aren't we? as you can tell there's some pent-up aggression going on here <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your podcast parents are fighting yeah. sit down kids we need to talk to you about something <laughs> So today's episode is an unusual one for a couple reasons. We'll save one of those reasons for the end of the show. But the first reason is that my good friend Joe was traveling to destinations unknown with little Wi-Fi options when we set up today's interview for you all. What do you have to say for yourself, Joe? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that enough? No, that's great. No, that's, <laughs> let's be honest. I'm a more drag than I was on the interviews. Let's let's. <laughs> Let's be honest about that. First of all, you are the far and away the better interview. Your interviewer oh, I don't know about that. between that's we the listeners know they have heard our interviews and they have heard you ask insightful questions and me chuckle like an idiot in the background. No, so I, I there's that. But yes, <laughs> I was like I was a, a mere hour and a half away from Gross Point uh, in in Matawan, Michigan, at the time that you were conducting this at my parents' house, and uh, Wi-Fi there is bad in, in their particular neck of the woods. And so I, I tried it a few times and then gave up and texted Blake and said, you, can you do this one solo? And you oh, were very gracious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's pretty much what I, what, what I do is I make you think I'm being gracious, and then I cuss all the way <laughs> <laughs> No, no, seriously, but, you know, I, I think we're a, a good cop, bad cop uh, when it comes to interviews. I don't want to be a cop, first of all, but then second of all, who's, which one's the good one? I, I don't know. I, was, I didn't think that far. Okay. <laughs> I think it's articulate cop and mumbling idiot cop, I think is... How dare you call which... me a mumbling idiot? <laughs> <laughs> so... I have for you this delightful interview all on my own with none other than Zoe and Katie Rosen. For listeners of this show, you will know them better as Baby Robbie from the high school reunion scene in Gross Point Blank. That's right, we scored perhaps the scene stealers of the whole movie. So without further ado, here's my interview with the Rosen sisters. So first off, Tell me a little bit about yourselves, and then tell me about your first experience with Gross Point Blank. 
My name is Zoe Rosen. About me, I am a PhD student at Colorado State University studying science communication, and I'm in the journalism department. So vastly different than, you know, the acting that everyone expected us to do in LA. <laughs> yeah, hi, my name is Katie Rosen. I currently work in the Bay Area for a pharmacy tech company. And yeah, just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, so our mom got involved with Gross Point Blank after. So we had done an, an initial film first mm -hmm. for Matilda. So directed Danny DeVito. Everyone knows what it is. It's our claim to fame. Not everyone. Um, not everyone. I've, I've met a few people who didn't know it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> after they had a flyer, um, my mom went, obviously, to the doctor in Los Angeles, because that's where we were born and raised. Mm -hmm. And they're always looking for twins. So in Hollywood, especially, kids can only work about four hours a day. And so twins are popular, because if you want an eight-hour workday, <laughs> you just keep swapping them out every hour. And... Uh, as you can see, you can't see in a podcast, uh, we don't look alike, but back then we used to, enough where people didn't think we were different people. We thought we're one baby when you just keep swapping yeah. on camera. And so they can, my parents continued to go to auditions with us and, you know, we're just so cute and expressive um, <laughs> that we fortunately got cast uh, for Gross Point Blank. And that's how it started. Uh, we were nine months old, uh, but we were also really small. So my sister and I were always really little. So I think we were about size three to six month clothing, okay. but nine month olds. And so we looked more like newborns or like small children, which is very appealing in Hollywood. Cause you see some of these movies sometimes and you're like, that's supposed to be a newborn and that baby is huge. <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> so we, we could play the part a little bit better. Oh no, I was going to say we have the temperament, you know, uh -huh. of a nine month old. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier you know, have an older child who's better yeah. equipped to like handle like an eight hour work. Yeah, day. that makes sense. Especially around the three to six month age. I've, I, so I've got an eight, eight and a half month old that we just had. Uh, and so oh, it's, a, it's, it's been fun. And around that three yeah. to six month period, that's not always the funnest pits. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you get all the benefit of the cute little exactly. outfits, but you know, they're a little bit more composed. Exactly. That's hilarious. So when was the first time? I'm guessing y'all have seen the movie since. So our parents um, didn't let us watch Rated R until we were 17. Okay. And uh, we listened. Um, <laughs> so that was the first. Gross Point Blank was actually the first movie we saw when we were able to see Rated R. Yeah, we had all of our friends over and we're like, we're going to watch Gross Point Blank for the first time. So awesome. it was really cute. Yeah. We, you know, in 2012, it doesn't doesn't hold the same um, nostalgia value. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was, it's still a great movie. It's a total... Oh, yeah. it's, I recommend it all the time to people. I love the movie. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I want to jump in since, since y'all were nine months old whenever you did the movie. Uh, we'll save some of that for a little bit later. But I'm curious, uh, tell me more about the science journalism, the science uh, communications. And then I want to hear more yeah. about the pharmacy... Or the, is it pharmacy technology? Yeah. Yeah, give me give me more about what y'all actually do. <laughs> Our real jobs. Um, so I my bachelor's degree was in atmospheric science, which is a fancy way of saying it's a mixture between meteorology and physics. So I have all the qualifications to forecast weather, and I do frequently for my friends. But as I was studying that, I realized what bothered me about weather was, uh, unfortunately, people when they get into severe weather scenarios, it do, it's not always the best for them. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to figure out how we could communicate this better. And so I worked on watches and warnings for tornadoes, a little bit with hurricane 
stuff. Currently, I'm working in the air quality space for warnings for poor air quality due to wildfires. Yeah. So ultimately, I'm just trying to keep people safe as weather becomes more severe. And, you know, how can we learn more from what, you know, and talk to each other a little yeah. bit better. That's awesome. What about you? I went to undergrad in the Pacific Northwest as a psychology major, but I had a bioethics emphasis, and that really got me thinking into health communication. And so I got my master's degree uh, at Northwestern for health communication. Mm -hmm. And so we're both in like this weird science communication area, but I'm obviously like bioscience and she's physical science. And um, with that, I moved to the Bay Area and I have a job with a company called Mscripts. We create apps and websites for pharmacies, as well as we do their texting. So we have about 50 large clients, always getting more. So it's been really exciting. That's awesome. To work in that field. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. So bioethics. So I was a philosophy minor. Yep, I just took yeah, a lot of yeah. philosophy it was, it was <laughs> Philosophy is interesting sometimes. Um, bioethics would be specifically about what exactly? Because I know I, I know I ran across it at one point, but I can't remember exactly the specific area. Yeah, so it deals a lot with like public health issues, anything really related to humans and even animals. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you, it's just like morals and ethics based on how we treat people, how we treat animals. I mean, for me, it's been a while since I actually, like, actually said bioethics. Yeah. But, you know, it's like the same moral philosophy that you do in like other, you know, science. Yeah. And you know stuff like that. So it's been it's really cool. I love it a lot. Makes sense. And uh, and Zoe, how often do people end up talking to you about Twister the movie? Oh, all the time. <laughs> I go to meteorology conferences uh, every year, and so many people are there. Twister is the reason I became a meteorologist. <laughs> and I am the oddball and grew up in Los Angeles where it doesn't rain and yeah. there's no weather and was told, why are you wanting to study the weather? It doesn't make sense to live here. And I said, you're right. And so I moved. <laughs> That's hilarious. But Twister's, like, Twister's, a, Twister's great. You know, anytime you can see those movies, they're, there's only, yeah. they're only kind of accurate. Oh yeah, <laughs> so. they're barely accurate, I'm sure. So. Barely accurate. <laughs> um, I, used to, I did an internship with the National Weather Service and we were across the street from um, Discovery. And so when it was Shark Week, it was like such like our building versus their building. That's and you could funny. see the sharks that they posted outside. That's awesome. It's great. <laughs> so as you've mentioned, you've had you had a brief baby acting career. You were in Matilda, like you said. Uh, looks like according to IMDb, and you can correct me if, if this is wrong information, you were on an episode of Friends and Chicago Hope. Do you know why and how your parents got you into that? Yeah, so, it, well, I mean, it started with a flyer, but what I typically tell my friends is they were just bored on maternity leave, <laughs> and it was the Los Angeles thing to do. Uh, we're from Burbank, which has Warner Brothers right there. You can easily access Hollywood. Uh, we drove through Hollywood frequently anyways. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, let's give it a shot. We got twins, and I don't... I don't think if that first audition had gone so well that we would have kept doing it. And we ended shortly after gross point blank anyways, because it's hard and there's two of us. Yeah. I mean, for one parent, because the other one's working to take two babies on auditions, you know, it's babies need a lot of stuff and to have two and it's, it's a lot of work. So they just quickly decided it wasn't for them anymore. What what kind of work did your parents end up? What were they doing? Uh, so uh, we have two moms. Okay. Uh, they're an LGBTQ yeah. couple. And so one of our moms works for the Department of Finance for City Hall. 
And the other one at the time was a retired or she stopped being a paralegal to help take care of us. She owned a store for a little bit. She did online. She's an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. she she likes to start businesses, um, but she's retired oh, now. Nice. Okay, so I was just getting an idea of, of what that life was like for them. I'm sure, you know, having having twins, I'm, was, I can only imagine. So very cool. So a little tongue in cheek, I'm going to ask this question. Um, how have you both dealt with being child stars? Has the fame given you any positive or negative effects? Uh, luckily, nobody recognizes us. So yeah. we lived a very normal childhood. But also growing up in LA, everybody's a child actor almost. Uh, we went to school with some child actors. It's just kind of the name of the game. I mean, if you're not an actor, your parents an actor or a wannabe actor or they're a writer or mm. they work on sets, they do lighting, you know, it's just part of being in Burbank. Um, which is really fun. I think we've had a lot of amazing experiences with that. Looks like you want to say something. Yeah, no, it's, uh, our, we went to public high school in Burbank. So it's like, we both enjoyed theater because we do love it. Yeah, we do have a passion for theater. We did acting camp for a long time. We love going to see shows and. Yeah, we don't, um, and speaking for me, I don't personally have the talent <laughs> to succeed oh, at that, <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, I can respect the industry for what it is. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. Now it's more of a party trick. Like my, um, my supervisor, I was, she just found out that I was in gross point blank. She's like, no, you weren't. Yeah, I I was. I I can show you my contract if you'd like, or, uh, uh, you know, my old baby pictures to compare. (laughs) Why are you here? And I was like, I could ask you the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think actually we were in a Jewish youth group called BDYO, and our advisor at the time, she loved the movie. She's mm-hmm. about, what, 13 She's... years older than us? And so it came out in, you know, 96, 97, and that was like her, you know, teenage years. And so when she found out that we were in Gross and she immediately had us autograph her DVD or VHS or whatever it was. And she was just so excited. So whenever she sees it on TV, she'll text us. Yeah, it's really cute. It's like when you find those people, like it's just a very, you know, exciting time to like talk. No kidding. And so that that brings up an interesting question because we, we often ask our guests, we first tell them that we haven't really met anyone that didn't like it. Most of the people that we interview are first time viewers because we just troll Twitter to see if there's people that have watched it for the first time. And so we have them on and we just want to get their, their take on it. Cause Joe and I have both seen it for so, so many times that we're just like, we want to see it through some fresh eyes. <laughs> is it really as good as we think it is? And so, uh, but have y'all met anyone that, that didn't like it? I mostly meet people that just haven't yeah. seen it. Same here. And part of that is, you know, if they're friends that are around our age, you know, they, yeah, we were babies. When they were, <laughs> yeah. We were maybe a year old, a year and a half when they could, when the you could go to the premiere, yeah. but for those that have seen it, I've, yeah, I've never met anyone that hasn't liked the movie. I think they'll, they'll say it's campy, but yeah. it's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun movie. It is. It is. So you told us off air that your parents have given you some stories about being on set and filming gross point blank. Can you give us some of those stories? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we were baby Robbie in the high school reunion scene. And in that scene, we do flip a few times. So like, obviously, we can tell who's who. Um, But the major scene is when the baby is staring at John Cusack or Martin Q. Blank. And so in order to film that, obviously, John Cusack was holding me. And my mom was behind the camera, like waving her arms, making silly faces. 
So I'm actually looking at her and that's how I was doing like the cute little smile and the, like yes. the crinkly nose, you know, everybody's like that baby's so cute. Sometimes I troll the YouTube comments to like give an ego boost to myself. You see the scene, it's Katie in that scene. And then our mom in her forties straddling the large camera, trying to get Katie. She's like, Katie, look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, you know, it's um really fun, especially like when you're watching it with friends, like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's Zoe. That's me. <laughs> and you know, we can obviously tell, like, there's this one part, I think, usually I'm playing with like women's jewelry. So I think like our mom in the movie was, had like earrings on and I was like reaching for them or something. Like That's how like, you can sort of tell. Um, yeah, John Cusack is feeding the baby at one, or Robbie at one point, And that's Zoe. me. So I can always tell people, yeah, John Cusack fed me. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, it was always fun. Like, our grandma loved the movie. Apparently, like, the trailer for the movie, like, during TV commercials played a lot. And, like, the scene of the babies in that. And so whenever it came on, she was so excited. Whenever she, you know, she wanted us to kind of be in acting. So she would, like, try to tell us what our stage names would be. And she's like, you just have to say, like, John Cusack held you. You know, like, it's so exciting. Like, you got to go meet him again and tell him that you were that baby. (laughs) Yeah, and he would... Granted, his um his younger sister, I want to say Anne, my parents said, loved to play with us backstage because there would be a lot of downtime between takes. And so we had a little trailer that we'd set up and, you know, everyone wants to go play with the baby. So my parents are like, yeah, John was really nice, but like, Anne loved you guys. And would just, like, you know, play and smile with the babies. Yeah, I think Jenna Elf also really loved to play with us. And I think uh, Minnie Driver, you know, played a prank on our mom during filming try to get her in trouble yeah it was um it was quiet on set and they were about to shoot something and then Minnie I think made a large like a big noise and my parents are and ran away and then my mom was the only one that was standing there and she's like what what do you mean excuse me ma'am you can't be making noise this is a this is a hot set (laughs) she's like it wasn't me I swear but you can't blame Minnie Driver no no she's blameless in all things (laughs) That's, that's hilarious. In my opinion, that that scene that y'all are talking about is the key and to the most evocative scene in the movie. Your facial expressions and, and John Cusack's responses to those facial expressions uh, have stuck with me and many others for a long time. Uh, it's kind of when I think of the movie, I think of that scene. What do y'all think of that scene when y'all watch it? How do you two process seeing yourselves within this seemingly really powerful scene? Did it, did it affect y'all in any way? to see that i mean it's obviously when you see the movie all the way through it's definitely an emotional climax in the film where obviously martin's changing his viewpoints on life Mm -hmm. i mean everything's building up to it at that point but like that scene really is like domesticity like i want to have a normal life obviously he was depressed before he was seeing his therapist things like that so i think it's a really powerful point in the film and for me to be a part of that is great. I don't know if I have any like feelings like I personally did that, which I didn't. It's all the director mm-hmm. and like special circumstances. But I think it's fun. And like we've seen that scene so many times just like on YouTube or whatever, because we weren't watching the movie before we were 17. So it was always like, yeah, we were in Matilda. Here's this YouTube clip. And here we are in Girls from Blank. Here's this clip. So it's just, you know, it's just an exciting thing in our lives. I don't know if I have any, like, personal attachment. to it. So it's like when you watch back videotape or film of yourself, it, it has that cringy quality. 
like even and I'm not saying this about you I'm saying this like what I'm so excited to listen to this podcast but when I listen to it I'll be like I am so sorry you had to listen to me for that but the good part and I'm like praising acting for a nine month old is we're not speaking so it's like we're not taken away from that moment and being like oh Katie why were you why were you pronouncing it like that like why are you acting like Like, the benefit being a baby we were excellent babies because all you can do is just be a baby yeah and luckily cute and you know yeah so if the movie doesn't like watching yourself it almost doesn't feel like watching yourself like when you watch something when you have more you're more of a person it you can get lost in the acting in the movie because one it it blends so easily and two it's we're not trying too hard if anything it's the best acting performance of our whole career (laughs) (laughs) i don't know matilda is pretty good that's that's another movie i like a lot i didn't until i looked y'all up i didn't actually know that y'all were the babies in that one too so i was like i've been seeing these people (laughs) oh it's like it's such a quick flip it's katie's in the opening scene where they pull the camera up and then they Whole, they take the baby to the hospital window and Danny DeVito's like, ew, gross. And that's me. <laughs> so I will take that any day. That's awesome. But it's such a blip too that you're like, you, you start the movie and if you blink, you miss it. Yeah. So y'all were talking about being uh, into theater and stuff like that. Do y'all support local arts, stuff like that, uh, where y'all live? Yeah, so I live in Fort Collins. I've bought season tickets to the local community theater here in 2021. I haven't been to the theater in quite a long time, but I used to go about six shows a year. They just, it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we our parents and grandparents and cousins would take us to the theater, like the kids theater once a month growing, or probably far less frequent, but it, it, like it. seemed like <laughs> once a month back when we were six years old to see Cinderella and Aladdin and all of those, those great, you know, let's introduce kids to the art. And yeah, we had fun in shows. I was in shows in high school. Mm-hmm. I do love community theater. I, it's so important and so valuable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not good enough to do it now. <laughs> what about you, Katie? Do you, do you do spend much time with the theater and stuff like that or any art? Yeah. I love going to the theater. I'm in the Bay area. So there's a lot of different opportunities. Yeah. I have a lot of friends like in undergrad who were in the theater program. So I go watch them, you know, perform and I mean same as Zoe we had the same childhood so we would go see shows and everything like that that's how we really I think bonded with like our mom loved it our grandma loved it Um, we went to shows at the Glendale Center Theater in Southern California and we ended up going to acting camp there so we did acting up until we were probably 14 just through community theater so so I think it's a big you know thing in our lives that we really treasure And it sounds like Zoe is going to answer a negative to this question. Uh, do either one of you ever expect to go back to acting at some point in your life? No. Hard no <laughs> for both of us. Hard no. <laughs> um, I, have, I have no desire to be famous. Yeah. You know, it's cute that we have this, you know, little opportunity. And I think that's how I want to keep that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I love it. If I was talented, I would be in a musical right now. But I can't sing. And so it's like, I'm not going to subject other people to that. (laughs) Yeah, we were not gifted in the singing department and acting. We probably could do, but we're not passionate enough to really go for it. Well, it's it's interesting, though, that y'all are both in communications. Like, it's that's not unusual. I mean, to come from, you know, uh, you know, Burbank and being kind of being raised as a child actor, which apparently is the thing in Burbank. Um, 
but it makes sense that y'all would end up doing something with expressing yourselves to other people in some fashion. I think that's just as important and just as, uh, actually, I'd say it's probably maybe more beneficial. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're actually yeah. saving people's we lives. <laughs> yeah. We both went a weird way into communication yeah. because I was really going to be a genetic counselor oh. and like that was my path. So I was going more towards like medical clinical route. Wow. And then I took a hard left. And then Zoe kind of did the same thing where she was more math science. And then she was like, oh, but communication. So it's interesting how that happened. I think it is. Our mom was kind of in the same boat as well. Yeah, it's we like it's good to be sort of like a renaissance mm-hmm. scholar. It's be able to do many things and talk to many people. And it's excellent to specialize in what you know and what you think you're good at and what you want to do. And I mean, I'm saying this is a PhD student I you know I study one specific niche thing for many hours yeah. for years but I'm glad I ended up here but it's not when we left high school it's not where I thought we would be I remember my theater teacher was not disappointed but it was just very confused how I was one of the few kids that didn't want to be an actor but just wanted to be in plays and so it's that's a good and bad part about growing up in LA it's like I make jokes how it's every right waiter you've ever run into is an actor <laughs> um, so it's like I could count on so many so many fingers and toes how many actors we know but we approach it from an appreciation standpoint and not where we want to stake our livelihoods it's great if you want to but I don't think we'd be very successful you have to have that drive and that passion in order to make it and Absolutely. we're like you know we can do other things <laughs> Well, let's be honest. Let's look at the history of child stars and where they've ended up. But you're probably probably better off not going that direction. So. <laughs> yeah, now we can just tell people that we peaked at nine months old. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was the height of our careers. You can't get much and more talented than that. <laughs> yeah. I will never get more talented than I was in 1996. And that's okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, that's, that's all the questions I had specifically for y'all. But if y'all wanted to uh, say anything else about Gross Point Blank or, or any more stories y'all had, uh, feel free. The costumes we were wearing as Robbie, actually, in Gross Point Blank, my mom bought. Mm-hmm. And so it was really funny because everyone thinks that the costumes were provided by the set. But my mom picked them out. And I think the set designer looked at them and was like, no, yeah, those are great. <laughs> and so students apparently like the, the legs kept falling. So our parents kept trying to push them up so they would look nice. And the director had to be like, no, like continuity, like the, the pant legs always yeah. need to be down. Stop adjusting them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. And our parents still have those outfits. I think they're in that. Run out of loft. Yeah, in an attic, in a box. I was about to say, um, did they put, but, them, put them in a frame and on the wall or something like that? No, just waiting for us to, I guess, Probably have kids. need them. <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that sounds like a mom. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Awesome. Well, y'all are officially part of the, the So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank family, so we, we are thankful for y'all's uh, willingness to come on, and thank y'all for doing such a weird request. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. fun. I, I hope we gave you a quality conversation. Oh, you did. You did. Yeah. you did wonderful. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that interview with the Resin Sisters. I, I sure did ha- enjoy having them on the show. Uh, They were delightful guests, and we're thankful that they did such a weird thing uh, for them to to come on this strange podcast and and talk about a movie that they were only nine months old whenever they did it. So 
I'd like to point out that I actually was there, but I just stared at them thinking about all of existence while David Bowie and Queen played in the background. I, I, oh, I guess nice. that probably happens to them a lot. Yeah, actually, actually, that's true. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, one of them said that uh, that that they kept hearing David Bowie <laughs> yeah, at all exactly. times in the background. Yeah. I mean, I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see what the problem oh, with that of is. Of course, I mean, <laughs> might as well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so the other strange thing about this podcast is that uh, that we are going on hiatus. What are your thoughts about this, Joe? Well, you know, we're just—it's a trial separation. It's not—it's not final, but we just got to figure things out. You—you you just got to be you, and I just got to be me, and we got to figure out what our lives are going to be. You know? No, no, you know, Joe, it's, it's 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 not your fault. It's mine. <laughs> Yes, it is. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, okay. Yes, this is this is the last one for a while because um, Blake and I are both overburdened um, at the moment uh, with other things. So, uh, uh, would you like I, to tell them what you are doing? You, you, no, no, talented, you, wonderful person. You, you, you tell what you're doing because okay. you're the one that I will that tell what it I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I've got a book coming out um, that uh, is – it's called The Superpowers and the Glory, at least right now until the editor tells me to change it, um, which is about the theology of superhero movies. So I am very deep in watching superhero movies right now, and, and honestly, I was just telling Blake before we started uh, the actual record, I'm at the point where I kind of hate the subject I'm writing on because I'm – I've, I've eaten too much candy, so if I ever see Spider-Man's face again right now, it's going to be too soon. But hopefully it's going to make for a great book and, and you'll like it. So um, I've been overburdened with that and other things. But uh, as a good Michigander and Midwesterner, I swallowed my pain and just cut out sleep to try to keep working on it. But then Blake contacted me and said, hey – we need to talk because you've got stuff going on as well. It's so, true. It's true. Yes. But one question. Yes. With your book. Yes. How often do you talk about Nietzsche? I think, okay, so I'm just finishing chapter four out of 12 right now. Okay. Um, and I don't think, like I finished the Superman chapter mm -hmm. and I don't, Ubermensch at all, oh, wow. but he'll okay. he'll show up. I love oh, me good. some Nietzsche. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I'm trying. You, you remember that one time that you stopped talking because of Nietzsche? <laughs> is that a <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine reference that you it just is, threw it out? Is. is that what that was? It was yeah, it was. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What so. a weird pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's one I use quite often. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. yeah, Joe has a book that he's he's in the midst of writing with a deadline looming, and so uh, I came to him because I, strangely enough, with the same publisher, am becoming a quote unquote part time publicist for a friend of mine who is also releasing a book. Uh, his man manuscript is is done at this point, so it will be releasing. Hopefully early next year, um, but that means that my life is about to take a, a very busy turn in the in the coming months, and that means I'm going to be knee deep and contacting people and pulling <laughs> together events and all sorts of other things. So, 
yeah, I, I didn't see a world in which that was going to work and still maintain my marriage and my family <laughs> life um, <laughs> while doing this podcast right I, now. I'm not more important than your marriage and family no, life? No, no, Joe. Oh. I love you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> So all of these, every episode that you've started with delectable and luscious, and these were just words. Yeah. They didn't mean anything? I mean, that's all they are. That's all words are. Just, oh. just nothing. Fine. Go on. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're both in a in in the in a very strange space right now, and so mm -hmm. we, we decided that that the podcast needed to go on hiatus. We are not quitting, however. No. Uh, and we hopefully will be returning within at least six months for uh, to start up again. And yeah. the other thing is, and I know Joe shares this this sentiment as well, is that there have been times in the past uh, few months that. We have both turned in episodes that we were not terribly proud of <laughs> on the production end, and so yes. uh, we want to be in a space where we we are able to uh, give y'all the time and yeah. the the talent that that uh, y'all deserve as our listeners. So we're thankful that y'all have listened this long. Yes, thankful and surprised. Yes. We're <laughs> I, and I mean that I am, I am shocked and grateful that there are people listening to this because when I try to explain this podcast to other people, yeah. <laughs> there's always like the, what really about oh, the, yeah. just about the movie. And yeah. yet here you are, you are listening. <laughs> so thank you. And please do not delete your, your subscription feed or whatever it is, because yeah. we have a bunch of episodes still recorded. Yes. Uh, they're just not produced yeah. and you know, and then we're we gonna will start produce up those. Again. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't be doing it a year ahead of time this ne <laughs> in the no. next round. So no. yeah, we'll be doing it closer <laughs> to release day. Yes. Yeah. And Film Inquiry is going to keep us on their, on their roster. So whenever we pick it back up, they said, yep, we're here. So cool. Yeah. We are in, we are in good shape. We are not going anywhere except for a few months. So yes, uh, we are once again, we're both thankful and, um, pleasantly surprised that we have yes. the listeners that we do have and so uh please keep us keep us on your podcaster uh mm -hmm. podcatcher and uh and yeah be on the watch out we'll we'll still be using twitter so we'll be keeping you all up to date there but other than that yeah this will be goodbye for now for now that's right <laughs> but as always remember this podcast is us breathing. Thank you for listening to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank, part of the Film Inquiry Podcast Network. If you like what we do head on over to apple podcasts and give us a rating and review every bit of feedback gives us the ability to expand our audience our podcast theme was created by yawns you can find his music and other projects at yawnsofficial.com our podcast outro music was created by jeff hansen our podcast artwork was created by jeff Warwick. you can find us on twitter at so gross pod and you can find joe at ja george the second spelled i i
<laughs> bing, 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 bang. Popcorn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>